Hallelujah, Yahweh. Exodus 18, 1 through 12. To begin with, Exodus 18, verses 1 through 12. The Bible says, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything that the Almighty had done for Moses and his people Israel, and how Yahweh had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back along with her two sons, one of whom was named Gershom, because Moses had said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land, and the other, Eleazar, because he had said, The mighty one of my father was my helper and delivered me from Pharaoh's sword. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, along with Moses' wife and sons, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped at the mountain of the mighty one. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down, and then kissed him. They asked each other how they had been and went into the tent. Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that Yahweh had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that confronted them on the way, and how Yahweh delivered them. Jethro rejoiced over all the good things that Yahweh had done for Israel when he rescued them from the Egyptians. Blessed is Yahweh, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from Pharaoh and the power of the Egyptians and snatched the people from the power of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all mighty ones because he did wonders at the time the Egyptians acted arrogantly against Israel. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to the mighty one. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the mighty one's presence. And Yahweh bless his word to our hearts this day. Beautiful story, isn't it? In this thing called life, we meet a lot of people. And we are called to love everybody. That does not mean that we show the same love towards every person that we meet. I show my wife love in a way that I do not show towards anyone else. I show my children love in a special way as well. But I am still called to love everyone, even my enemies. And so I try to be friendly with everybody. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse 24, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Now that doesn't mean that I agree with everyone's lifestyle but I do try to be friendly to everyone. Some Christians accuse other Christians of agreeing with a person's lifestyle because we may try to love that person. But no, that is incorrect. You can love someone without agreeing with what they do. You can walk out your door each day looking to be a positive, friendly person to every person that you meet without it meaning that you're okay with how people live their lifestyle. So I try to be friendly with everybody. Sometimes it's more difficult than others. I think there's a verse in the New Testament that says, if it be possible, live at peace with all men. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's possible. Amen? Yeah. But we've got to try. We've got to try. 
So I try to be friendly with everybody. But that does not mean that I have a ton of friends. Because I also only allow certain people into my inner circle of friends. And that's because I realize that the Bible also says in James 4 verse 4 this. Friendship with the world is hostility towards the Almighty. So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes the Almighty's enemy. Now James, that's in James, James is talking about practicing sin along with unrepentant sinners. James is not talking about being nice or loving to unrepentant sinners. He's speaking of hanging out with them to the point that there becomes no division between saint and sinner. You can no longer tell the difference because the sinner is rubbing off on the saint. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, evil communication corrupts good manners. Another translation says, bad company corrupts good morals. So this is why I distinguish between being friendly to everyone, but only having a few friends. I'm not close friends with just anybody. I don't just hang out with any or every body. And that's because some people will push you far away from Yahweh while other people will push you near to Yahweh. This day is about drawing near to Yahweh. And one of the ways that you can draw near to Yahweh is by making sure that when you choose your friends, I'm talking about your inner circle friends, that you choose only the people that push you closer to Yahweh. Listen carefully. He is your friend who pushes you nearer to Yahweh. When you look for people to associate with on a regular basis, when you look for people to allow inside your home and have close fellowship with all the time, you will never go wrong by asking yourself, will this person push me near to Yahweh or far away from Yahweh? In Exodus 18, 1 through 12, Moses, prophet Moses, one of the holiest men to ever walk this earth, pushed Jethro near. To Yahweh. Jethro was not an Israelite. He was the priest of Midian. He was the head man of the Midianites. Jethro had not been in bondage to the Egyptians. Jethro was not there to physically see the plagues upon Egypt. Moses had to tell him about it. Jethro did not see the Red Sea part and the Israelites walk through on dry ground. But Jethro made a decision to give his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Jethro decided to bring Moses into his inner circle of friends. And Jethro made the right decision because he is your friend who pushes you near to Yahweh. Moses talked to Jethro about all that Yahweh had done. Yahweh had done this to Pharaoh. Yahweh had done this to Egypt and to the Egyptians. And Moses talked to Jethro about all the hardships that the Israelites had encountered along the way, but he didn't just stop at talking about all the hardships. The Bible says here in our text that Moses talked about how that Yahweh delivered them from those hardships. How many know we're supposed to tell others, testify to others about how Yahweh delivers us from our hardships that we have? This helped Jethro to love Yahweh. This helped Jethro to have faith in Yahweh. 
When you pick friends for your inner circle, pick the people who will talk to you about Yahweh. Pick the people who want to share with you how Yahweh has brought them through their hardships. Because you're going to have hardships in your life and you're going to need people to lean on. Strong people. Righteous people. Yes, we have Yahweh. Hallelujah. But one of the ways that we lean on Yahweh is by leaning on the people that Yahweh has put in our path to help us through our hard times. Your friends are the people who will testify to you of the goodness of Yahweh. Your friends are the people who will talk to you about the commandments of Yahweh. Your friends are the people who will cry with you and pray to Yahweh with you. Your friends are those who will rejoice when you rejoice in Yahweh. And your friends are those who will weep with you when you weep to Yahweh. Your friends are the people who will love you where you are at in your circumstance. And your friends are the people who will encourage you that Yahweh will make a way even when it looks like that is impossible in the natural realm. He is your friend who pushes you near to Yahweh. Your friends are the people who will quote Bible verses to you to encourage you and who will always seek to steer you in the direction of obeying the law of Yahweh. Brothers and sisters, he or she is your friend who pushes you nearer to Yahweh. Jethro rejoiced when he heard Moses talking. Jethro rejoiced about all the good things that Yahweh had done for the Israelites. And in Exodus 18 and 10, Jethro said, Blessed be Yahweh. See, if you hang out with Yahweh's people, if you let Yahweh's people into your inner circle, you'll begin to say things like, Blessed be Yahweh. You'll begin to talk like Yahweh's people talk. You will begin to think like Yahweh's people think. Because whoever you hang out with on a regular basis, they will rub off on you. And you yourself will be a blessed person because you will be closer to Yahweh than you were before because you chose a friend wisely. Brothers and sisters, do not settle for anything less. It is okay, and and we should, be kind and friendly to everyone. But it is not okay to be close friends with everyone. When you see a person going in the wrong direction with an unrepentant heart, hell-bent on sin and lawlessness, if you become close inner circle friends with that person, you will begin to do what they are doing. If they are a thief, eventually you will begin to steal. If they do drugs, eventually you will begin to do the same. If they are sexually immoral, eventually you'll begin to do what they do. You will pick up their practice. If they don't care anything about the Bible, eventually you will care nothing about the Bible. If they do not believe in a creator, you will eventually not believe that Yahweh created the heavens and the earth. Because it's just like walking up next to wet paint and rubbing it. Some of it gets off the wall onto you. People rub off on other people when they're around them on a regular basis. 
The people that you allow to come into your inner circle of friendship are the people that you will eventually become. People that push you far away from Yahweh, they are not your friends. They're not your friends. If someone tries to push you far from Yahweh, if someone tries to get you to do the opposite or violate something that Yahweh has said in His Word, that person, no matter how loving they seem, feel, no matter how loving it sounds, they do not love you if they are not pushing you closer to Yahweh. People that push you far away from Yahweh should be loved. And yes, they should be helped to whatever capacity you can help them. And you should be friendly to them. You should not treat them unkindly or rudely. That's not the mark of a Christian. But no, you should not be close friends with them. Because James 4.4 says that a friendship with the world is hostility towards Yahweh. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Bad company corrupts good manners. Brothers, he is your friend who pushes you near to Yahweh. Sisters, she is your friend who pushes you near to Yahweh. Have you ever spent time around someone and they make you want to read the Bible? Anybody ever have anybody like that? Have you ever spent time around someone and they make you want to love other people? Have you ever been to someone's house and you feel and you see the love of Yahweh so much that you don't even want to leave because you had such a great time of fellowship? Have you ever said, I want to love Yahweh like he loves Yahweh or I want to love Yahweh like she loves Yahweh or I want to have faith like he or she has faith or I want to be able to rejoice like he or she rejoices? One way that you can do those things on a greater level and a greater scale is pick that person to be your friend. Because just as the sinner will rub off on you, so also will the saint rub off on you. When you come across a person that makes you want to do those things, that is a person that is pushing you near to Yahweh. That is a person who will cause you to grow in your holiness, your set-apartness to the king. And that is because he is your friend who pushes you nearer to Yahweh. Let me talk about this in relation to coming to church for a second. If you don't assemble yourselves with the brothers and the sisters in the Messiah, you will be pushed further away from Yahweh. And you will eventually dry up. If you stop meeting weekly with people who love and serve Yahweh, you will eventually stop loving and serving Yahweh or or you will lessen in your love and your service to Yahweh. Usually, not all at one time. It can happen, and I have seen it happen all at one time. But most often, it's gradually that people fall away from loving and serving Yahweh. And that's because Yahweh's people were made to dwell in community. Not in isolation, but in community. So, not coming to Sabbath service will drive you far from Yahweh. I'm not talking about if you are sick and you cannot come. I'm not talking about if you're out of town for the week and you're not able to come. I'm not talking about those situations or those circumstances and the like. I'm talking about people who make it a habit of not assembling themselves together with the body of the believers. It is a sin to do that. Hebrews 10, 23-25 says this, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, 
For he who promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. That's what we're here to promote. Love and good works. Then the author goes on to say, not staying away from our meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other. That's what we're here to do. Promote love, good works, encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're here to provoke and to promote each other to love and to good deeds. We are here to encourage each other. And there is no substitute way for that to happen. There is nothing that substitutes the holy convocation, the gathering together, the assembly on the Sabbaths, new moons, and the annual feast. There is no substitute for that. A text message telling somebody you love them is not the same. A Facebook post is not the same. It's not the same as shaking Brother Rocket's hand or shaking Brother Frankie's hand and pulling them into me and grabbing them and telling them in their ear, I love you, brother. I respect you, brother. It's not the same. Text message is not the same. A phone call is not the same as standing in the sanctuary with brothers and sisters and seeing our hands raised together as we sing praise songs to Yahweh and tears rolling down somebody's face because some song or something that was said or some verse that was read touches their heart in such a way that they begin to weep about the goodness of Yahweh. Sometimes I weep because I'm sad. Most of the time, though, I weep because I'm happy. Tears of joy. And I don't know, when he says he'll wipe away all your tears, I'm hoping that it's all your sad tears and not all your happy tears because when I cry happy tears, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. When I look out, if I'm up here leading worship, and I look out, most of the time I have my eyes closed, but if I look out there at you and I see somebody with their hands raised, I've done it before, all of a sudden it makes me begin to weep because that's my brother, that's my sister, that's one of the family of Yahweh that is praising Yahweh and He's touching them in a way right now. And He's blessing them with a blessing because they're here. They're here at the Holy Convocation. If you pull into the racetrack up the street and you fill up with gas, you will be able to drive in your car for a while on that tank of gas. But you know that you will only go so far. And eventually you will run out of that gas and you will have to go back again to the filling station and fill up one more time so that you can keep on going. And it's the same thing with the Holy Convocation. People who come here regularly on the Sabbaths, new moons, and feast days, all of which are commanded, these people in here, they are your true friends because their tank is full. Who is my brother and my sister? Those who do the will of the Father. I've remarked to several of you before that I would much rather spend an evening with you than some people that are my own kinfolk. And it's not because I don't love my kinfolk, but it's because who is my brother and my sister and my mother and my father and my friend? Those who do the will of Yahweh. Those who walk in Yahweh's ways. That's my family. That's my family. Who's on Yahweh's side? That's the side I want to be on. These are the people that will push you nearer to Yahweh. And you need to be here every time, if at all possible, to fill your tank up over and over and over again. 
one tank. It'll get you through a while. But you cannot live on one prayer. You cannot live on one fast. You cannot live on one scripture reading. And you cannot live on one church service. These are things that have to go regular over and over and over again. This, what we're doing right now, this is an encouragement to each other. This is vital for your spiritual growth. This right here. You've got to come where Yahweh has placed you. You've got to fellowship with your brothers and sisters physically. Not through a computer screen. I understand people are probably listening to me right now by way of Facebook Live. And these people don't have a fellowship where they're at. And I'm not talking about these people. As a matter of fact, when they come here, we'll have some of them come here for the Feast of Tabernacles. And you ask them, you ask them if they long for physical flesh and blood fellowship every Sabbath and every new moon and every feast. You ask them, and I guarantee you they will say, absolutely. Because every time that they come here for a feast, they say, it's so good to be with the brothers and the sisters. It's not the same looking through a computer screen. They'll tell you that. I'm not getting on. I'm not preaching against people that only have that means of fellowshipping. I know some people, that's all that they have. They don't have a congregation to go to. That's all they have, and that's fine. But we're blessed to have what we have here. And we need to take advantage of the blessing that Yahweh has given us. Not take it for granted. Listen, you've got to see people's different faces and different eyes and smiles and hugs. I love to give out hugs and it's not just because I love to give hugs but it's because I love to receive them. And I draw strength from my brethren when I, when I hug someone. And I believe as Brother Jerry talked about last Sabbath in the Holy Kiss between the brothers. I know a lot of people don't go for that, but it's in the Scripture three different times. The Apostle Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And the Apostle Peter says, greet your brothers with a kiss of charity. I learned that from my grandfather, my granddaddy. Every time I see him, he still kisses me right here on the beard. And usually it's not a peck, it's a sloppy one like Brother Jerry talked about. <laughs> but I'm so thankful. I'm going to miss one day when I don't get any more kisses of charity from my granddaddy. This is Bible. You can't do it over the phone. You've got to see one another. You've got to be with one another. You've got to tell one another, I love you. I know we talk about a lot about showing people that we love them, and we should. Let us, 1 John 3, 18, Little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So we need to show people that we love them. Amen? But that doesn't mean we shouldn't tell them. If I only show my wife that I love her and I never tell her, she's eventually going to be saying to me, why haven't you told me that you love me, honey? She wants to hear it too, see. So it's okay. You show your brother or your sister you love them, but you tell them. You look them right square in the eyes. You say, I love you. I love you, Brother Rocket. I love you, Sister Phyllis. I love you, Sister Lise. So glad to see you back, Sister Lise. Glad for those traveling mercies. You tell them, I love you. And I'm thankful for you. Get them something special for the feast. Let them know that you love them. Do something for them. Write them a poem. Write them a note. Send them a letter. Send them a card. Brothers and sisters, he or she is your friend who pushes you nearer to Yahweh. He is your friend who makes you want to draw close to the Father. He is your friend who will influence you to obey the commandments of Yahweh. He is your friend who makes you want to live hard for Yahweh. I can testify to this, that it is easy to live hard for Yahweh, but it is hard to live easy for Yahweh. 
you just try to live easy for them, straddle the fence, so-so, things are going to be a struggle all the time. You make up your mind and say, no, this is how it's going to be. Stepping stones one at a time, not saying you have to do everything at one time. You guys know how I preach. Stepping stones one at a time. You'll begin to find that living for Yahweh becomes more and more easy because you are dedicated and you are sold out to His Word, which is His law. In the exact same way that a sinner will influence you to sin, a saint will influence you to keep the law. The more you hang out with people who obey the commandments, the more you let those people into your inner circle, the more you will want to obey the commandments and the more you will begin to obey the commandments because why? The saint is who you're rubbing elbows with. And when you obey the commandments, you will be loving Yahweh. Why? Because 1 John 5 verse 3 says, this is the love of Yahweh, to keep His commandments. That's the only way that you can love Yahweh, is to keep His commandments. Brothers, He is your friend who influences you to honor your wife. If you want to learn how to honor your wife, Pick men, pick friends who honor their wife so that you can see how to do it and it will rub off on you. Sisters, she is your friend who influences you to honor your husband. Same thing, same thing. Pick friends, pick women who have a long line of honoring their husband and watch and imitate their example. The couples that serve Yahweh and push you nearer to the Father are the couples that will make you want to have a holy marriage. The parents that raise their children in the ways of Yahweh are the people who will influence you. If you let them into your inner circle and let them into your close friendship, the parents will influence you to raise your children in the ways of Yahweh. He is your friend who pushes you nearer to Yahweh. I don't ever want you to forget that. Don't settle for anything less Seek only these friends out. Search for only these friends. Ask for them in prayer. Ask and you shall receive. You say, Brother Matthew, I don't have many either. I think you can look around and see you've got a lot more maybe than you think right here. But if you don't think so, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. If we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, what makes us think that the Heavenly Father will not give good gifts to those who ask Him? And what better gift could you ask for than Yahweh, send me someone who loves you because I know that will make me love you more. I'll be pushed closer to Yahweh. Don't settle for anything less. Ask Yahweh to place those people in your life and only those people to be your close friends. How many love Yahweh? Amen. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would let these words sink deep into the ears of the saints today. I pray that you would let them sink deep into my ears and my thoughts. I love you, Yahweh, and I do. I love everyone. You do too, Yahweh. You let the sun rise on the just and the unjust, and you send that blessing of the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. But Yahweh, Father, I, I want to have a special kind of love for a special kind of people. And that is the people that serve you in the beauty of holiness. Father Yahweh, help us to seek out those friends and only those friends so that we might draw nearer to you and be influenced to do righteousness. 
We love you, Yahweh, and we thank you, Yahweh. Bring us back here Wednesday evening for the feast and then Thursday for the Holy Convocation. We're going to have a good time, Yahweh. I believe you're going to bless us. I believe you're going to make us have a great time. We thank you, Yahweh, and we praise you. It's through your Son, your holy child, Yeshua. Amen.